With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Rashford, he's in here, he scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. Thank you. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Okay, yes, we are back with another episode of Mugger, making United great again. And by the signs of this past week, we're going to be waiting a little longer. But before we get into it, let me introduce the crew that I'm with today. Rodney, what's going on, my guy? Something, people. You are, right, yeah? Yes, yes, yes. You've been you've been frequent these last few weeks, man. We, we appreciate you know, the support. Mate, I've been carrying this on my shoulders for a Jeez. week and a half now, yeah? You see when William got his first goal of the season? Yeah, that's you. That's That's you. You've been missing, but now you're back to take full control. One goal of the season right now. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And my man, Elijah, what's going on, my guy? 
I'm good. I'm good. It's still 9 a.m. and Rodney still makes me sick. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have no shame. Yeah, he's, he's shameless. Shame, bro. That's why he's not coming on video. That's why he's hiding. Shame. That's why he's got that Avi. Like, like yeah. I always say, the support is made in the hard times, bro. Well, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah. That is. <laughs> You're that definitely, is, you're definitely buying the dips. That's what you're doing. That's it. <laughs> you're yeah, you're, he's a contrarian investor. Yeah. That's it. Warren Buffett <laughs> would be proud. Hey, man. Jeez. All right. So before we get into the pod, let's just bring up our Discord community, which continues to grow. If you obviously we had a good weekend of football, the FA Cup final. So come and join us. Join us for the live reactions, live banter as we get and talk about the games in play. And also join the patron. We, you can see we've been putting out uh, more content with the patron, the top 30s and uh, the live uh, sort of match reactions. So get involved if that is along your boat. But we're going to go straight and talk about the last game we played, which was a 4-2 defeat at home to our arch rivals, uh, Liverpool, which has led them to sort of get back involved in the top four race. Elijah, what were your thoughts uh, on that game, man? Um, I mean, first 10 15 minutes we started decent. Mm. Um, and we, um, we were pressing quite high, we were doing quite well. Um, we managed to get a goal through some nice play down the right. Wemsaka cut back to Bruno, and he, Bruno had done a little bit of the outside of foot. It looked like it was going in, but for some reason, that Phillips made sure that it did go in. But, uh, after that, we were pretty. I mean, it wasn't pretty, but we were just fucking shocking, man. Like, it was a disgrace what I was seeing. Fred and McTominay could, couldn't pass a ball to save their lives. Pogba was just letting Trent run free. Rashford was a ghost until he we went onto the left-hand side. Cavani was... He ran it back to his prime November, December form where he was just running around doing nothing. He was, <laughs> he was clocking up the mileage, but there was nothing to be seen there. Bruno was... I mean, the thing is that when all those players around him aren't playing well, he's not going to get the ball. He's not going to get fed. Um, Shaw had his probably his worst game since the Spurs, since the Spurs 6-1. Mm. Um, Henderson was all over the place. That guy, he is, he, he has some sort of uh, attention deficiency because he just, he cannot stay still, bro. Like sometimes... Like there's no need just to come out all over the place. Sometimes you need to remain calm. And for that first goal, so stupid because if he doesn't come, McTominay clears that for a routine header. Mm. Um, I think I actually think the I actually think Wambasaka, Bayi, and Lindelof. I think there were small hiccups from them each, but I think considering the amount they had to deal with, they done relatively well. Um, the, for some reason, the referee tried to give a penalty on Bay when he made a perfect tackle. Um, yeah, I, I think Bay was pretty decent. Lindelof was his usual weird self, and Wambasaka the same as well. Where he was for me, I think Wambasaka was probably the best player until Rafford went under left and Greenwood came on. But then he he always has that absolute higginess in him where he just will do something crazy where he's looked like he's doing some agriculture and just trying to dig out all of the earth and just <laughs> <Agriculture. parking it. laughs> like the way he passes just 
it's so it's so upsetting to see. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I I guess that's not what he's in the team for. But he he did get an assist for the first goal. Um, but yeah, Liverpool are just all over us, and it just it's a common pattern where teams realise that if you put Fred and McTominay under pressure, they can't play football. Um, mm. And that's Liverpool's nah. game, isn't it? Like the yeah. high press, and, and it was actually so surprising that they didn't come out like that. We came out pretty well, and then second half, I mean, Fred, I think Fred tried the same pass five times, and he gave it away each time, and he is a disgrace. I washed my hands of him completely in like February, but I've not, I've not been a fan since he's come here. Um, he had, he had a little spell, um, but that guy just he. He he tricked you. That's what that's what I'm gonna say. He just he just tricked you, man. Like that guy is just is not isn't he's not a player, man. <laughs> he's not a player, man. McTominay, I feel like I feel like it's just unfair on McTominay now because he's just not good enough. And like we've known that for a long time. But I guess people have been trying to lie that he he has some ability, but I mean he he, he can strike a ball pretty well, but he's not good. Um mm-hmm. as soon as Greenwood came on, Pogba went in, into the middle. All of a sudden, we somehow remember to play football. I mean, the goals we conceded. I mean, the second goal, Pogba was shocking. As I said, the first goal, Henderson. Oh was... yeah, he let, he let he let Firmino just like yeah. sort of get a run on him. I want Pogba's lying on the ground. Firmino's yeah. not that strong, you know. I mean, does the second goal? It was even Pogba who gave away the free kick for Bruno to get treatment, and then he does that really poor from him. Third goal combination of Fred Shaw. Um, McTominay letting Firmino go and and then Henderson parrying that shot. Jesus, mm, Jesus. yeah, Jesus. that was that was that's proper Sunday league football. That man, like, just clear your lines if you're not comfortable what? running and out, sure, running into trouble. Oh, you man. Know, ricochet, ricochet, pat it down into the six yard box, and then that's that's food and drink. For Bobby <laughs> and, then, and then our second goal, it was like, like I said earlier, the, the Fred. Fred tried to play like five times. He kept giving it away. Pogba plays that pass to Shaw and he's in all types of space. Um, he plays it to Bruno and Bruno fails to miscontrol it, but it work, works out for him. comes back to him and then he feeds it through to Rashford who gets a goal. And as soon as he went on the left, he was just... He was amazing. And it's so annoying that we actually have... We don't even have to move him to the right-hand side. We move him to the right-hand side because Solskjaer has a fetish for Fred and McTominay because since the 6-1... He is scared, and like if, even if you just compare the numbers and the amount we concede, like it's not that different to when we played Pogba in there, and it's weird. It's generally weird, but I mean, and then the fourth goal was just, I mean, special word for special word for Nemanja Matic because that is one of the worst cameos I've seen in my <laughs> life. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. He he gives it away. I mean, it wasn't that bad, and then Pogba can't recover. Then it's just like a two-on-one, and Henderson's positioning for that fourth goal, gee, he might. He, he might, he might. Show, he showed him the corner in it. He said, "Yeah, no, go and try, try he, me." He he was drunk. I I I am convinced Henderson was drunk because that performance is like you can't explain it. That's that's basically like when that is basically like Bayi versus PSG. Like you can't explain that performance from from Henderson. Like it was just that bad. I like, yeah, that game was just horrible. It was horrible to watch because it just, it just, I mean, in a sense, I really hope it showcased that we are not as close as people, as the table shows we are, or people yeah. think we are still quite a bit away. And a lot of that has to do with personal 
a lot of that has to do with tactically we're just awful and um hopefully hopefully we can just like nip a lot of it in, in the bud this summer because if we go into next season thinking teams behind us aren't going to improve and that we need to know we need to know now that we've we've had several summers where we've we've made progress and then and then we stood still and standing still is like going backwards so we need to make sure that we make some progression this summer we definitely do. We definitely do. And we're going to touch on the squad later on in the pod. But Rodney, obviously, I like to touch on a lot there. What were your sort of main takeaways from the game? What what sort of really concerned you uh, about our performance against Liverpool? Yeah, so I start off with the lineup. When the lineup came up, I thought Pogba on the left was going to be a problem. It's a bad matchup with um, Salah and um, Trent. I get it, but. It was a bad matchup, and I thought that was going to be a problem. I thought the key battles were lost in that game, and one of those key battles was Pogba on that left hand side with um, Trent and Salah. I don't think Salah had the greatest of games anyway, but Trent definitely got to capitalise on um, Pogba not really being a left sided player in that in that situation defensively. Mm. I think that cost us quite a lot. I don't think Shaw got in the game at all because of it. I think they targeted Shaw a little bit, so it was starved of position. That was definitely one of his worst games. And it wasn't even too bad. It just There was just a few errors that um, at this level we get punished for. Um, going around the pitch, there just wasn't out, any outstanding performance. I thought the team gave us a good 25 minutes where we seemed to be pressing all right. We did all right. We got we got the first goal, which I thought uh, we got the first goal here. We'll be, we'll be all right. But then... Liverpool just came on so strong. I think our pivot, just they're, they're just not midfielding. They weren't there. They weren't present mm. at all. I don't I don't know what they brought to that game. I know what they took away from it, and it's what they take away from every game. I don't know what they brought to the game. Playing Rashford on the right, I, I don't know what pe- I don't know what people think that brings to the game. He doesn't he doesn't play. He loses Rashford. he loses that threat, does he? And uh, you can see when he plays on the right hand side, he passes more to his fullback because. For him, the pitchers on the right-hand side to take him around aren't the same as the left-hand side. It's just mm. that when you play two different sides of the pitch and you're so better on one side of the pitch, when you go to the other side of the pitch, the pitches are different and you're just not as comfortable or confident. And you're not. it's not like he's playing a, a, a makeshift um, left-back over there. He's playing playing against Robertson, who's a really good left-back. So mm. he had a hard time out in there. And I think that, that was noticed in the game where he just wasn't in the game. He was awful. Some of, some of his touches, some of his decisions on the ball is awful. And I just don't understand why you would then shift Rashford over the right, have Pogba on the left. But whatever, Pogba's been performing on the left, we're going to have him. But then you've got to really think about, like others have said in um, in our chat, what you're taking away from Rashford's game, putting him on the right. So you really should leave him on the left and then just have Pogba in midfield. If you're not going to have Pogba in midfield, then, then look at a different way of playing your um your setup. Playing two, and then if you're trying to shoehorn Pogba in somewhere and Rashford and Cavani, I didn't think that game was a game that would have really suited Cavani in any case. So I didn't really, I didn't really have any issues with Cavani. Well, not any issues. I wasn't surprised by Cavani's performance because I kind of saw that happening. I didn't mm. think we'd have, I didn't think we'd have too much of the ball for him to be able to be in the game, and that that was some of the performances we saw earlier in the season where he just was non-effective because he's not getting the ball. Um, and yeah, Liverpool just all on top of us. Then you had a catalogue of errors. The back, I say back four, and then obviously you got the two um, midfielders. 
that's called in midfielders, the two players that play two chuckle brothers. Yeah, the two chuckle brothers that play in midfield. I think they were just nervy. There was a catalogue of errors. They just did not look comfortable at all. That's the most I've seen Fred drop into the edge of the box to get the ball off the centre-backs. And I just think that's because, obviously, one of Maguire's qualities is he can play out with the ball. He's more comfortable in the ball. Mm. And say, but we're not really more comfortable. He's more confident, I would say, at playing out of the back and playing those passes than Bay and Lindelof. Because Bay and Lindelof aren't exactly terrible on the ball, and they're quite composed when they need to be. I just think we missed that. We missed Maguire's strengths a little bit. I don't know if he would have changed the result. I think that result would happen regardless. We've conceded from two set pieces, two goals from two set pieces, which we normally always do anyway. Which is which is really really poor. Some of the goals that we conceded were really really poor. I think it was the third one where there was just uh, yeah, um, just ricochet, just ricocheting in the box, clear your lines, ricochet, yeah, ricochet, I ricochet. Know, I don't know. Shaw thought he was messy there. Where like he's gone from the left hand side of our box almost and mm. ran straight into traffic. For me, I, I, that is, that was just typical of his game. It just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Why would you run straight into traffic against a pressing team? Just clear your lines. I think what was we three one or two one down yeah. at that point? So yeah, two one down. Yeah, just clear your lines. Stay in the game and um, ride out that little period that Liverpool came out on top on um, when they came out in the second half. Yeah, that game really hurt, man, because we we rested we rested players against Leicester to come into this game strong, and most were very very confident, thinking, oh, we'll rest versus Leicester, then win versus Liverpool, and in the end, the rotation is just it's just backfired. We've lost two games, and those two games were at home. So it still looks like at home is going to be an issue going into next season. There's clear deficiencies that are going to carry on into next season if we base what squad we're going to be going into next season with based on rumours. So if we go with Fred and McTominay, we're still going to have an issue of um, no one being able to midfield. Mm. Um, Alan Basaka, I'm going to give him a little small shout-out because he's been consistently putting in six, seven out of ten performances. I've not really seen too much bozo gene from him. In, in recent games and I think going forward he's not been that bad actually he's not hey, well, that he's, bad, made, he's made that position his own obviously he doesn't have much competition to be fair yeah. but he's actually despite that he's not let his performances dip the way yeah. Shaw was letting his performances dip in prior I seasons I haven't, I haven't noticed it and that's a credit to Shaw really Henderson um, that was just a poor game for him I've seen really good games for him I've seen poor games for him he's still a young keeper of in this pod, I'll try and be um, as level-headed and as fair as I can with Henderson because I don't rate him. But he's still a young player. He's got really strong qualities that David De Gea doesn't have. I think that's the only reason he's in the lineup. Otherwise, he, w- he wouldn't be ahead of David De Gea, especially looking at those those type of performances there. High-profile mistakes always matter more. It's not so much when you're winning games, but when you're losing games against your rivals, people look at those performances a little bit more. And of course. Um, <sighs> Just wasn't it wasn't a great performance from him in any sense. He looked nervy, and um, yeah, which you don't normally associate with him. Normally he's he sort of he's vocal, is usually quite player. yeah, quite confident. The one quite... where he's not closed the space for Salah is um, is kind of Sunday League. You always try and close off the space, and you never really commit to one side too tough. You try and close down the angle, but he sort of made Salah's decision for him. He showed it to Salah's, him. Yeah, Salah's left footed, so you. It's like yeah. I could understand if he was right-footed, you're being so far over to one side. Even then, he would still bury. 
got Salah's left footed, so why are you so far over to the left? He's obviously gonna bend it around you. It was just a. It was just a luckily for the team, it didn't really, it didn't really matter as much, and the game was kind of played by them that there was no incentive to win that game other than it's it's um it's rivalry to be honest with you. I think yeah. That's, yeah, it was it wasn't a great one. I'm, I'm disappointed with this week because if you're gonna rotate players and you're gonna make such a noise about needing your best players out on the pitch, then you don't put performances in like that after resting players. So what did we, no, rest, true. What did we rest everyone for to come out and do that? You might as well have played them versus Leicester then and got the three points against Leicester and for mm. this game. Like, I, for me, it doesn't make any sense. I, loved, I would have liked to have seen Greenwood. If he, was, if he was stuck with options on the right, I would have liked to have seen him gone with Greenwood and maybe just kept Rush up top then. Because Rush offers a bit, little bit more up top than um, Cavani when we don't have the ball. Yeah, definitely. When his back to ball game is a lot better than Cavani, so I think he maybe and Greenwood's a young player. Greenwood can play three times in five days. It's not really an issue for him, and then you can bring him off whoever you like, Ad, Ad, Ahmad, whoever Ahmad, um, and then move Rush over to the right half later on. But it doesn't really matter too much. It just it hurt. Let's um, difficult. Yeah. Mm. And um, it just like Elijah said in his closing statement, it's just really highlighted that the team's position in the league is a false image, which I've been fighting for since uh, December. That being second, a distant second, it isn't. It's just paving over clear cracks in the squad, cracks you can't win titles with, cracks you can't challenge with. So, yeah, I think that game was a, a humbling, a humbling experience for all. A humbling one, but maybe one that we needed, as Elijah said. Sometimes you need to be brought back down to earth a little bit, just to show, look, like everything's not all rosy. And when it comes to competing directly against our rivals, then we we can get found wanting. Um, do you think we missed Maguire? Obviously, Harry Maguire got injured against Aston Villa. Um, obviously, a lot of we've spoken a lot on this pod about Harry Maguire, whether he's worth the eighty million. And obviously, this season we have to be honest, he has sort of put in solid performances. Don't know if they're eighty million pound worth, but definitely solid performances, and he's definitely been the mainstay yeah. in our in our back four. Do you think we missed him against uh, against Liverpool and latterly against? Yeah, West? it was definitely a miss. Whether he, whether he would have changed the result or not is a complete different story. But taking your best centre back who's performed the most consistently in that back line out of your lineup, it's obviously going to make a difference, right? So. And partnerships make a difference. And I don't think Bailly and Lindelof is the best partnership. There's no clear leader there. There's no there's no real one-two there. They're just both twos, if you get what I'm saying. I think Bailly mm. needs to be complemented by a number one centre-back there. And obviously, you've had to move Lindelof over to right centre-back because I'm guessing Bailly cannot play there for, for whatever reason. So you've moved Lindelof into a different position, which kind of makes a difference as well too at centre-back's game. But yeah, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to say if he plays, the result changes. But yeah, I of course. Say, you I, can't. I understand those who have said if Maguire was in the team, maybe, maybe things would have gone a little bit differently. I still think we lose because there were still clear matchups that we lost across the pitch, and there was just a bigger incentive for Liverpool, and they were just a better team. But I do think if Maguire was in there, we would have seen we would have seen a bit more confidence in the back. So taking taking your best centre back out, like Liverpool have been banging on about all season. Can obviously mm. make a difference. Whether it would have is another thing, but I see the argument. Yeah. Yeah, like, do you have anything on that? Obviously, as uh, Rodney says, Liverpool playing with their sort of substitute or reserve sort of centre-backs and 
they managed to sort of keep us at bay, so to speak, and get the win. So do you think we really, really missed Maguire, or do you think that's just a poor excuse? I mean, any, we, missed, <clears throat> we missed him in the sense that we just lost the consistency of the back four. I don't think we missed him in, in particular. I feel like stuff like with Shaw, like, as Roddy said, the, the partnership and just having Maguire there, there's something that you're used to, like there's strengths that you're used to. For example, with Lindelof, he had that um he had that ping to the to the left hand channel, but he can't really do that on the left hand on the on the right hand side. So sorry. No, on the left hand side. Sorry. Even though even though it's weird because that ping is is usually towards Rashford and with Rashford on the right. He could still play that ping, but I'm not. I don't think he has. I think when you play play on a different side, you just lose. Like there's, you just lose that. Um, it's basically like moving Rashford from the left to the right. You just yeah, you lose that familiarity, move, isn't it? You just lose that, and just that extra second that takes you to do something that you you lose the angle. Yeah. So I, I I feel it was more that rather than losing Maguire himself, like. Maguire has been good. He's he's been good this season. Um, he's, I mean, he plays every single minute. So there's going to be mistakes there that some people remember, some people won't. But he just literally plays every minute. But he's been good this season. Um, in terms of leadership, I've, I don't think that's much of a thing. I still think we look haphazard in the big moments. Remember versus Everton versus Leipzig, PSG. Like there are specific moments where he's been on the pitch and we've been none the better. So, I mean, this argument that um, oh we conceded six goals without him. There was a time in November December where, where we conceded nine goals in six games, and Maguire played every single minute. So, it's not it's not it's not something to me. Maguire makes mistakes. Um, yeah, I just think it because of the whole rejigging of the back four, it messed up a bit, but. Even though, like I said earlier, I don't think they they done that badly apart from Shaw. I feel like the mess in, in in front of them meant they just had to do deal with far too much. And then when, when you're facing Liverpool, as much as Firmino is not in the greatest form, Salah he's still banging, but he's not in the greatest form. There was still Jota there. Um, yeah, like even as bad as Liverpool are, like you can't you can't be as bad as we were and then give them as as much space as we. We did, and that's what we've done. So, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on it. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess when you when you lose that familiarity and lose that routine, because to be fair, he's settled. Oli has settled on a on a back four, and obviously that that's typically Lindelof and Maguire with Maguire playing left centre back and Lindelof on the right and stuff. So when you rejig, it does sort of change things a little, which we failed to struggle. And then, as you say, if if normally Maguire brings the ball out, but then now you're relying on Fred, who we know is not the most capable, uh, putting it putting it politely, of sort of carrying the ball, and then you sort of roll, run into trouble. Um, and it's just, I guess it's just interesting. I know, Rodney, you said we're in a false position. Obviously, we've won the games we've won. Uh- I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, but it definitely does show that, you know, everything's not great. And I hope they don't think everything is great, um, particularly with our squad. And I'm going to go into, I'm gonna, I mentioned the squad, because obviously our game against Leicester, which was two days before, uh, he made 10 changes from the Liverpool game, obviously bringing in Ahmad, uh, bringing in uh, Elangana, uh, also bringing in Matic, uh, Mata, sorry, I've not seen Mata play. Matic played as well, Van der Beek. Um, Axel played with Bai Tellez. So a lot of changes. What what did you guys make of, uh, I'll start with you, uh, Rodney. What did you make about our performance against Leicester and uh, the rotations? Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. The, I think the rotations, the rotations kind of affected what you saw. It was just eleven, kind of eleven players on the pitch. There wasn't too much. Not that there ever is, but there wasn't too much patterns of play. There wasn't any structure. No one looked familiar with each other's games. It was just, um, it was just, it was fit for purpose. Really, that squad was just put out to rest players for Liverpool. And yeah, I think Adma Ama did a a good enough job from what you want to see for a player who's possibly pushing for a starting position next season. He looks sharp. Physically, he didn't look out of his depth. He made good decisions on the ball. He got an assist. So you definitely want to see more from him. But if that's the first game you're going to play in the Prem and start, then, yeah, you can be pushing for next season, especially when you consider what we have on the right now. And even what we'll have on the right next season is a good option to have. I think um, the guy, the fellow we had on the left, I sound so... The fellow we have on the left, um, is it um, Ilagana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet yeah. Swedish, Swedish player. Yeah. He looked out of his depth. He didn't look like he's ready to ready for that step up. I don't think he's going to be good enough at United. But it's early to say. Obviously, young players' developments are very um, unpredictable. But he didn't. He didn't like he was ready. I feel Matic was um, avoiding passing the ball to him when he was making his runs. He's kind of. He's kind of a player that isn't ball to feet. He looks a bit more like a natural, um, a natural winger or a player who likes to get in behind. And then obviously, when you've got Rashford, Rashford has the same problem. He doesn't really make runs when certain players have the ball. But with Rashford, he did say that. Goal, yeah, with his back, with Rashford, his back to goal, he can play a little bit better. He's got more variety to his game, and I don't think um, Elanga was a bit. Um, I don't think he was confident enough in that sense, and he kept making runs and he was ignored. So I feel for I feel for him a little bit because obviously the players on the ball in midfield weren't. Weren't even though Matic had a good first half, they he didn't find Elanga like he should have. Um, 
elsewhere on the pitch, I don't, I don't really remember too many um, performers, to be honest with you. I thought Axel had a, a game of two halves. He was really poor in the first half and he was really good in the second half. And I think when you're pushing for a starting position or you're trying to impress the manager, you can't put in an inconsistent performance like that because what, what does the manager then base your performance mm. on? Does he look at your second half or does he look at your first half? So I think for him, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to push too much to get into um, our first team, especially if we sign another centre-back in the summer. Um, our full-backs made me sick that game. I don't even remember who they were. That's oh. Brandon Tellers and, and Brandon. Oh, Brandon Williams. My word. I don't think, even with Fred in our squad, I don't think I've seen a player who isn't fit to play at this level more than him. Even with Dan James, he looks so out of his depth. I don't know if he's, because he's not been playing football, but as a professional footballer, I expect you to be able to make five yards. He just looks so, so, so average. And he just, oh man, he, I think he was asking the manager, yo, take me off, man, take me off. Just take me off. He just looks out of his depth, man. And it shows how, how much our fullbacks have added to our game, even though we have a lot to say about um, Aaron Wamasaka. It just shows that he doesn't really have much competition on that he right hand side. And it shows what he brings to the game. It shows what, what we miss when he's not there, in a sense, defensively. He's dependable. You can rely on Aaron Wamasaka defensively in, in 1v1. It's not really positionally but you can rely on him and even his passing games looks it's look look better than Williams and Williams isn't I know he's playing on the right and you can say he's a left back whatever but it was just such a bad performance. Um who did who partnered Axel I don't remember. Uh Bay. Yeah by not much to say about his game to be honest with you. David De Gea had a great game. He had a great game. And um, mm. Leicester just had Leicester just had more incentive and even with more incentive they didn't look much, they didn't look until the second half, like the better team, they didn't look like they were pushing for anything, to be honest with you. And um, there's a few mistakes in the game that cost us. But I'm not really fussed about the Leicester game. I thought we're at 1-1, we could have gone on to maybe grab a draw or even win the game. But, you know, these these things happen. And he was looking on to Liverpool, so... He was, yeah. He was, as you said, he made... Ten changes were made. Mm. He's trying to rest players looking forward to Liverpool. But... Uh... Was it Elijah? Who um who in the squad or who that played against Leicester, should I say, sort of would you say is someone that should be knocking on the door of the first team, or did you not see any sort of standout performances? Um I missed the first half, but I watched it again. Um look, I, the thing is I think it's unfair when you cobble a team like that together with players that haven't really played as much as they should have. I personally, yeah, I think yeah. I think the squad rotation this season has been really bad, and I think there was points where Oli was flogging the squad because he he relies on quality for this system to work, and because of that, players can't drop in and out because there's not a system where yeah. you play. It's just you do you do you, and yeah. If you don't do your thing, then you're not you're you're not seeing anything unless there's an injury, and that's how it's been for a while. Like we even forget the reason why Fred came in last season was the fact that Pogba got injured. If not for that, he he would he would not have seen he would not have seen the stars the star in eleven. Even McTominay getting injured last season was the reason why Matic came back in. Mm. Like it's only injuries that will that will actually give you a chance to build to build up. So when I see people complain about 
performances like Van der Beek. Like the thing is, yeah, Roddy didn't even mention Van der Beek because on on my life that guy is basically a oh, ghost. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, basically that's what a ghost. I mention him. Yeah, he's exactly. on the pitch. He's basically, he's basically playing like a ghost right now. But part part of that is on him because at the end of the day, like you're actually playing on the pitch, so you you have to demand more. But a lot of that is down to the fact he's coming from a heavily systemic team to us, mm. and it's going to be hard to adapt. And then you've got performances like Twanzebe, where he's hardly played for a year, and then he gets thrown in, for example, with PSG, where he has an outstanding game. Gets dropped out. Doesn't doesn't even get a looking for a while. He comes mm. back in, gets and then he comes in versus um Istanbul. I think he has a poor game, and then he keeps getting dropped in and out at random points where he will play right back versus Everton. Have a great game. Don't don't see him for a while. He'll cut. He'll come off the bench and then he'll stink it up. Like he's like he's young. He's barely played since like two thousand and nineteen. He's had injuries. And then you're and then you're asking just to drop him in and just say, yo, just play. Like it's ridiculous. And that's why mm-hmm. even with even with like Brandon Williams, I don't think he's the greatest, but he's playing right back now. We've been getting him used to left back because obviously Laird was just stormed that right right back. So we got him used to left back. Now he's having to switch positions where he's barely getting looking at left back because he brought in a left back over him. After switching back to right back, and he's barely getting any game time. And you just expect him to come in. And perform like confidence is is a thing we've seen it. Like confidence is a big thing, and then yeah, being being used to the environment, to your players around you. Like, I mean, that performance you could just tell that those players weren't fit. But because by like the sixty third minute, Leicester just took over because they 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 had the minutes in their legs. The, the players were flagging. Um, it was just it was just unfortunate, really. Um, that game didn't say anything to me about our squad. What what it said to me is that. It really like there were opportunities this season where we've had chances to properly rotate the squad to make yeah. sure that players have minutes in their legs because at the end of the day, an injury can happen at any point. A serious injury can happen at any point. Of course, most and definitely. So, like the thing is with me, I like rotation because it's it's a safety net. Like it's good to rotate well, and that's why you've seen like even though like these players aren't great, there has to be a bit of concession made but we can't because the coaching isn't good enough so we like what's unless you're gonna buy him a amazing squad of quality players and even then like quality players are not gonna want to sit on the bench so it's, it's, it's just a hard situation and yeah uh, i feel sorry for the squad players we have right now because it, it's, it's going to be hard like even tell us who i think is terrible i can't be too harsh on him because like what's he can't, can't come into at the end of the day. Yeah, he doesn't. I guess Bar probably Greenwood, who he bled in. I don't know who else he's kind of bled into the team. And like, and obviously Henderson, we have to say probably Greenwood to Henderson. I don't know who he'd really bled into the team during really his time. Say, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna give him credit for Henderson. I believe Henderson came in because David De Gea had his personal issues. And he came out of the side and Henderson came in and did well. And then when um, David De Gea came back, there was opportunity mm. for rotation yeah. between the two. So I wouldn't even say he took... I think that was more opportunistic, to be honest with you, because he probably should have dropped David De Gea a lot earlier than True. he eventually did. So he doesn't... He There is no blood in there. And I think with Greenwood, it was a thing where the quality James there is... Un- yeah, James, James was, was just that bad. Like, yeah, it, it, James, it's a yeah, point where James yeah. was bad. 
Dan, Dan so, James just again he allowed Dan James to play his way out of the side. That there was no there was no option but not to play him. And then Greenwood comes in and the quality was just there. Like Elijah said, players rely heavily on being um had using their quality in the system. It relies heavily on individual performances. Which which most systems do, I'm, I'll give them that, but it lasts our best moments always have to come from individual quality rather than the system working for players. So I think with Greenwood, the quality was just there. He just fits right in. Like he has those moments where he can just score goals, the same as Rashford, the same as Bruno, the same well, the same as Cavani. These players have those moments. So I, I can't really think of a player he, he's he's bedded into be honest with you. People will say, yeah, he did well with Greenwood. I'm not I'm not so sure. This season he had this Do you know what? I He's protected Greenwood, right? I think I think he has done well with Greenwood in terms of as much as we did want to see him last season, I feel like he didn't want to put too much pressure on him and physically he wasn't there. But so as soon as lockdown came and physically put on a bit more, he started yeah. to play more. Even though he was a he was a big pussy in that Spurs game by by not playing Pogba and Greenwood and and a Matic. But after that he saw what he needed to do. And since and, and and then it's so funny because from from the Spurs game during lockdown he saw there was a big problem playing those man Fred and McTominay and whatever and then it took the Spurs game at the start of the season where he said ah oh, maybe I, I was wrong about that and he just kept it throughout the season but um, in terms of beating in players like, like I said he takes he takes opportunity like injuries personal problems. Like he just takes opportunities, and that's what he does. I mean, there's no real rotation there, and people say, "Ah, oh, it's a lack of this, lack of that, bro." I mean, at the end of the day, if you're if you don't have a system, then this is what happens, bro. Like, and the thing is, even for me, a system is supposed to be a safety net where eighty yeah. percent of the time you having the better players will win you the game, but there's. Yeah. Can't rely on that. So that system is supposed to be a safety net for for these players to go back into. For for example, if they're not performing well, they have a system where they know to where to make moves and stuff like that. That's that that's that's the reason why there is that where where there's big clamor for a system because we, like we just fleet be, be between bad form and good form. But this season yeah. we've managed to still win whatever form we have. But that can't carry on forever. So yeah. I think it, this season, our form is weird. Our form is weird. We've had a lot, like, in the last 20 games, we had a, we've had a lot of consistency in player performances. So Rashford's consistently been scoring and assisting. Pogba's consistently putting in six, seven, sometimes eight nines out of tens. Bruno's mm. not having to do so much hero ball because Pogba's been able to play his game. So I think over the last 20 games, players have managed to consistently perform at a level where you're not going to really lose games if you've got three of your four, and even Maguire consistently, if you've got three of your four players performing. But like Elijah said, when you rely heavily on uh, individual quality and they can't fall back on the system, nine out of ten times, it's going to come, it's going to rear its ugly head where you're going to lose two or three games, maybe even four games, and get a couple draws in there because player dips are going to influence the result because there's no system there. You saw it when we was in a title race. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, yeah. You just, you just cut out there. You ended. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. just said title race and it cut out. So yeah, you're so go when back. we were when, when we was in a title race, I think you saw there was a period where we had one win, uh, and like, or two wins and three draws, and there was, some of the players were really poor in those games. I think West Brom, Everton was in that run, Crystal Palace or something like that, and that's that's what that's what you're gonna get when you rely heavily on individual performances. And there's no system like Elijah said to fall back on when players are not performing well and they need help out on the pitch. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, that, that's something that, um, you know, has been levelled at Oli, you know, have a system. Obviously, we know he likes the formation 4-2-3-1, but do we have a defined method of playing or is it pure just vibes? Is he, is he you know, are we playing, are we a counter-attacking team or do we just rely on the better players, the Brunos, the Pogba's, the Rashford's, just to, to bail us out? And I guess uh, part of talking about the squad, obviously, in the Premier League anyway, it's kind of a dead rubber. We've qualified for the Champions League. It's just about um, the Europa League final. But what sort of players do you think is going to sort of take us to the next level? Um, obviously, it's probably two questions. Because obviously, it's one, what players would we like? And then what players are probably realistic? But um, Elijah, what sort of players would you sort of say? And obviously, that's a nod to Harry Kane, who... Uh, at the time of recording, has just come out saying that he wants to leave Spurs. So, what sort of players and where do you think will sort of take us to the next level or help the squad out? Um, in terms of the players, um, the thing is with me, um, I feel like the striking position is is very delicate because, as much as Marshall has shown himself up this season, so he can't be trusted. Cavani's on his last leg, so he so he can't trust him to go a full season as a star. And then Greenwood, it might be a bit too early for him. But I'm I'm just the thing is I've seen I've seen what we done with Marshall and Rashford, where we kind of signed over them in terms of we we, we can't trust them as the central striker. So we signed over them, then it doesn't work out, and then we kind of thrust them into that position, and like they haven't had the game time to like work through it or. And then by and then by the time they get to an age where we're expecting stuff from them, they're still going through they they're still going through years where they're still kind of formative in their play. So like, I don't want that to ha- ha- happen to Greenwood. So that's what I'm really concerned about with these signings like Haaland. Less so with Kane, but even Kane, um, there's there's still probably like three four years in his legs. And that if Greenwood's not playing regularly for like three four years, it could be like twenty three. And then we're going to see Slap Bang going to have to expect him to start performing and banging big numbers at United. So for me, it's, that is concerning how we um, navigate that situation. But a must for me and a must has been since like 2000 and since 1999, I don't even care. We've needed a defence midfielder. We've needed one. No, no, I, no. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't. I don't even know, Rodney. Since since no, nah, since Harvey's since Harvey's legs went, I've been, I've wanted a, a midfielder. I've literally wanted a midfielder. Like mm. we need a defence midfielder because Carrick back then was more box to box, and he, even though he did done his job well, he, we we kind of fed him into that role just to stop us from spending. Then Carrick loses his legs. And since then, we replaced him with Matic, Schweinsteiger, Snyder, like just the wrong players. And it, and we've seen, like, when you get a properly good defensive midfielder, it transforms your team. Like, you saw it with 
Bayern with Martinez, City with Fernandinho, Liverpool with Fabinho, Kante, you you can say that, like Real Madrid with um, Casemiro, like the defense we forwarded, like it for me, it like it defines the way you play. So like when you have the two jokes we have right now in there, like it just defines the way we play. We we play like we we, we play like it's a joke. Like I I hate watching us play. Like we need we need a defense midfielder, and like we need to get the right one because we keep signing these players that are just not good enough. Like Schneider was not the signing. Like even me, where I was like, he's not good enough on the ball. Like he needs someone else beside him. Like if if, if we're gonna get him, you get Schweinsteiger, who's just he he didn't care about football anymore. And like <laughs> Matic and the Matic one was so stupid because Fabinho was there beside Matic, who was who was just in, he's always inconsistent. And at the end of the day, he's not good enough on the ball. Even if even if now he does look good because he has Freddie McTominay there, like. We need we need to get the signing right. DM is a must. Like that is first. Like if it it will be like just it's a needs must. Like that's the first thing we need to sort out. And then right wing, we need a right winger, and it's probably going to be Sancho. Um, yeah, we we need we need a right winger. Um, we've been crying out for a right winger since Valencia lost his powers as soon as he got the number seven on his back. I don't think we've. Filled, Build that role properly since then. Mm. Um, I mean, ideally, we'd get another midfield and just self red. Um, and maybe get in another centre back. Uh, getting another centre back because I don't think Bai can be trusted, even though technically he is our best player, best centre back on ability. Um, he's not. He can't. He can't be trusted. We need someone trust trustworthy that can withstand a long. Long amount of games That's with Maguire, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And um, that position as well, we need an like, in a sense, Bai is the prototype. You go there and find a Bai that is not injury prone, personally for me, and and that's what you do. Um, and then Lindelof can be backup for Maguire, even though, I mean, it's not a, it's not a great backup for him in terms of what they can do, but it's it's close enough. And then Bai um, can be in competition with the new. News right centre back hopefully and then maybe a goalkeeper as well hope I mean it's looking like I mean we can't carry on with a situation where De Gea um, is on the bench so hopefully we win the Europa League and then we are, we're able to do a Sanchez with him whatever and then and then at the end of the day Henderson um, I'm not sure if he's proven, proven himself or not but getting a goalkeeper that can compete with him um I wouldn't spend that much time on it. Maybe Dono Dono Rumor. What AC Milan? On a free. Um yeah, he's still quite young and I'm I mean he will he will ask for high high wages, so it will be annoying. But I mean I don't think I think if you have a good defense, then your goalkeeper just needs to be steady enough. I d I don't think it's a position where you need to splash out on. But um yeah, that's for me. I think we need some depth. I think if we I mean, that's what you need to you need you need to sign players that push your starting eleven into your squad, and if you mm. do that, you create a good squad, um, and that's what and that's what we need we need to do. So the position that the position that that just needs to be sorted out is defensive mid. We actually that cannot be ignored any longer. It can't be. 
It can't be. I think it's been our, definitely Achilles' heel uh, for a number of years, but obviously more, more acutely in the last few because we've seen the paucity of talent that we've got there. Rodney, do you sort of agree with Elijah's sort of estimations? He's talking about DM, he's talking about right wing, centre-back, maybe a goalkeeper. Would those be your sort of priority areas or do you, do you, yeah, do you see the priority yeah. elsewhere? I think he's given. I think he's given a comprehensive review on, on what we need to add to the squad. Don't really think there's there's much more I can add. I'll just be regurgitating exactly what he said. Obviously, mm. the priority is we all know what the priority is. Whether the club see it as that is a whole different thing. So, but yeah, there's nothing. I can't really add anything more more to that yeah. other than maybe maybe right back some competition at right back. But again. The um, Larders is that how you say his name? I don't want to get them. Led, 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 led is obviously highly rated. So I guess that's competition there in itself. But other than that, I don't think he's he's missed out anything. To be honest with you, maybe 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 at left back as well for sure because I don't think Tellers provides anything. But that's just nitpicking. I think yeah, he's covered everything. That's cool, cool, cool. That's. That is good. We'll see what the club comes up with. Because it's interesting. All the media reports are for a striker. You know, every obviously, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Harry Kane's come out and said that he wants to leave Tottenham. So obviously, Man United get linked with him. You see all the pundits. You see Jamie Redknapp come out. Oh, if if Man United get Harry Kane, guaranteed goals. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that's just and a it's, basic way of just, looking at United's problems. To be yeah, I think it's very, it's very, very lazy. It's very, very lazy in, in the sense that, you yeah, you add a strike and, and they think it's like a Robin, Robin Van Persie type of thing. It's very, very lazy, man. I think adding a striker obviously gives us more and obviously it poses problems, but I don't think it elevates us to um, what pundits and people in world football think it will. So it's just lazy, man, to say you can't come in and you know, do this, do that. We Obviously, it gives us a better chance. I think this is the closest we've been to being a good team. So, again, definitely gives us a better chance of winning trophies. But there's just so many issues around the squad other than striker that you'd probably need to address if you want to challenge on all four fronts going into next season. So, it's just lazy, man, to say bringing Kane does this, does that. He's a great player, obviously. We've got, we have had issues at striker. But I think it's just very lazy and basic overview of what isn't what needs to be done. To be honest with you, I mean, we've seen. I mean, the most of the top scorers that are stri- that that have been strikers in the recent years. So yeah, Bamiang, Javadi, Jacanes, they haven't got near the the league, bro, because they're playing in crap teams. So if you bring Kane and then we drop off a bit, it's not going to do a damn thing. So you even had Salah there getting like thirty-two goals. Bro, Liverpool scraped, scraped fourth on the last day because they had absolutely no protection for their back four and their goalkeeper was a mess. So, like, people need to be serious. Like, at the end of the day, the striking situation is not the best because we've been let down the season by Martial and Greenwood and Cavani, as I've said before. But, man, bring, if you bring Kane to this, we, we, we might get closer. Will it be enough? And if we've... At the end of the day... What will get us closer? Getting just a striker or getting a DM, a right winger, and another s- s- centre back, which will probably cost about the same as Kane. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's the thing. Kane's going to, you got to break the bank for Kane. That may be, I don't even know what the budget is, but it could be the whole budget. 
That yeah. other guy has three years left on his contract. I think it's, yeah. I think it's out of the question, to be honest with you. I think Levy's going to slap at least 130, 140 minimum yeah. on him. I don't think I don't think just after COVID or during this COVID period, we're going to be able to afford that and also afford the other issues we have in the team, especially yeah. if especially if we are going to sign Sancho, who's still going to cost us in the region of 70, 80 million. So if you're going to say to me, we're going to sign a right wing and a striker, and that's going to cost us like 200 million and then we still have to sign a defensive midfielder centre-back at, I don't know, I don't know. I was listening to Rio Ferdinand on BT Sport and he actually highlighted centre-back as the most key position. So, I, I don't know, man, I don't know. I don't, I think Harry, I think Harry Kane, it's, it's a great dream, but I don't really see it happening. I don't see how anyone can really afford that. So, and if you, and it, it's the thing with me, is he's, why would you sign? I think he signed a five year contract or something. something six years. Six, six year contract. Jeez. I don't understand. And that was, that wasn't too long ago. To that was honest. three years ago. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. So, mate, I, he would have had in his head, we're going to get to an end of the cycle or, or something like that. Why would you sign a six year contract uh, under Levy? Like, you know, it's going to be difficult for you to leave now. And he's also waited till bang on end of the season, really, during where the Euros are, to come out and say, come and get me. So, I, just, I don't know for him. I don't even know if he's going to get the move he wants this summer, to be honest with you. He's going to have to move like a madman, like um, Odin Wingy. Otherwise, he'll get no move, like, like, bro, we saw with um, Pogba, just because you asked to leave, that doesn't mean you leave. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, with... Like, he doesn't have the bargaining chips because Levy is the worst negotiator in the... Levy sold Modric to Real Madrid for less than Chelsea bid for him. He he, he does not care. Like, he, do, he, he does not... He does not like selling to Premier League, to Premier League rivals. Think about back in the day. He, he charged us 16 million for Carrick, yeah? Mm. If that's any other club, we're, you're not paying 16 million for Michael Carrick back in 2006 and 2007. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That big was big money. Big, that was and big money. Berbatov as well, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. Berbatov. Uh, Berbatov as well. That was big money. 30.75 million. Yeah. Cool. 30 million was like the 100 and something million. Exactly. Month, so. For exactly. Berbatov, who had like one, one or two good seasons. Bro, like one season where he was really good, and that was the season we signed him, I think. Yeah, so. like honest to God, like he's going to charge the bag. Like it. it it will not be like it, it will. I don't think it's not going to be less than 150 million, and he will yeah. try to push it to 200 because, because he's going to be debts like, as well. So, bro, like COVID, he's just sacked Mourinho. The stadium has not been full. This mm. guy does not care. He will yeah. not sell. He he will try to push it to 200 million if he can. And if no one pays it, he's like, boy, I'm keeping Kane because at the end of the day, we have Kane. Like he's still a, a, an an actual asset to us so he doesn't need to sell he doesn't need to sell he's not he's in the leave he's in a very good position here man yeah. it's right. like is it you show me the money or don't don't talk to me that, yeah, that's I his position in it because he's gonna be difficult man. three years three years he's 27 he's english england captain he's gonna have to move he's gonna have to move mad and to yeah honest, trust me hearing him speak every other week is gonna is gonna annoy me so i think <laughs> for him <laughs> Him, he has gonna... the Euros the, 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 the summer yeah, as well. So exactly. he, it's, just, it's, it's actually it's actually, it's, it's actually a small time period as well. 
Yeah, no, but he, he's, he's branding the Euros. Like he hasn't even he hasn't even sort of like built it up throughout the whole season where you can say, "All right, cool." He's found suitors and he started a bit more. He's literally waited to the end of the season. The window is so small now for clubs to say, "Yeah, boom, we're coming in for 150 million." So I, yeah. uh, I don't know, man. I really, really don't know. Just uh, like Elijah said, just because you want to leave doesn't mean you want to leave. That doesn't mean you're gonna leave. Sorry. So and there's so much working against Kane. At this minute, I think he's definitely going to end up at Spurs next season and then probably end of next season, you'll start to see clubs circling yeah, yeah. when he's only got like two years left and he can run it down and, and then obviously Levy needs to cash in. But for now, it's, it's just more a pipe dream to be honest with you because no one's paying that money. In one football, so. Wow. If he does well, move, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. If he does... I hope. It's the PSG and no. I can't no. see him going to City because City are not gonna City are not gonna um, sit there with Levy telling them 150, 160 when they can go and get Haaland for cheaper, possibly. Or they can just win the league again with no striker. So, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, they, they're, they're literally they're, they're they're really not, they have bargaining chips themselves. They really don't need a striker as they've shown. Obviously, they get Aguero's not really played, but obviously he's retiring. But you don't, you don't want to leave Jesus up by himself. Ideally, oh, yeah, you know. play anyone there. They play anyone there. They could yeah. play yeah. Fernandinho yeah, there, and they win the league. Bro, they will, <laughs> after what happened yesterday, they'll play Edison up front, bro. Yeah, <laughs> they like, they don't on. care. They yeah, yeah, no, no, if they win the Champions League as well this year, I think I don't, I don't know if they're gonna, I don't know if they're gonna be, um, if they're gonna take. Paying 150, 160, 170 on Kane. I, I don't see it. I don't see it. They've passed up on opportunities for players before. And I know Harry Kane is a big opportunity to pass up on, but at 150 million, what we're saying and what we feel he's worth, I very much doubt City are going to pay that money. Very much doubt. I think PSG are the only madmen that will pay that. Yeah, fam, I, if it's not us, I need it to be them. I can't lie. Yeah, I don't. I'm. Um, um, maybe it's the hope that's talking. I don't think City pay that. I'm hoping they don't pay that. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah, me as well. So. But I don't see City paying that either. But yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money right now, and I don't really think a lot of clubs have that money, especially when most of the major clubs in England probably have a lot of work to do squad wise. I would Plus, say, except, mm. may, except maybe Chelsea. I think the rest have some work to do. And so. like literally, Chelsea are the club that. They don't have much work to do. They need a striker. Striker. They actually need one. But Levy would ask for for Stamford Bridge, Cobham, (laughs) Abramovich. You are for Abramovich's jet, man. If they win the Champions League, he's going to be asking, can he borrow that trophy just to throw it around at the stadium on match days? NFL. There's actually no way he's going to Chelsea. No, no way. I this, he's not going to sell to even even United are going to get quoted more than most clubs. I think City as well because uh, I don't see I don't see him moving this summer. It's a nice it's a nice it's a nice thought, but I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hope why I think the rest of the Premier League hope unless it's to their club they hope he don't move. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> Leicester, man. I can stomach Leicester being great. Oh, hey, do you know what? Yeah, that'll be a bad boy move. I can't lie. <laughs> Go oh, because he was on loan there. Was he? No, he was. Was he on loan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this, was, guy, yeah, yeah. this guy was being benched by Vardy. You know? Do you know how bad that is? Yeah. <laughs> Football's so crazy now. It's so crazy. <laughs> Full like, circle. We're talking about one of the best strikers in the world, and um, Van der Vaart said, "Is it Van der Vaart?" Who? Um, at Spurs, 
What was oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Van der Vaart said he was shit in training the first day. Yeah, so yeah. I said, who the, who the hell is this guy? And Vardy was playing in, um, at 24, playing in the fifth tier of football. Like, it? It's just so mad. I'm I'm pretty sure something's going on. I'm not going to say too much because this has been really um, PG and it's been really um, informative. I'm not going to say too much, but something's <laughs> happening behind the scenes. Nah. No, something, something's happening. We, we oh. thought 21 and 21 is happening, but it's yeah. not to be. Don't bring that around to be. There's no one here. No yeah. one on this pod set. <laughs> no, no, we, we thought it weren't meant to be, man. It weren't meant to be. <laughs> Everything in the Lord's timing. And with the Lord's timing, we're playing Fulham tomorrow. A really relegated Fulham. So, how do you think the team should line up, man? Like, obviously, you've got a final, a Europa League final coming up on the 26th of May. So, do you want to get the team out and run through some tactics? If he does suck, <laughs> or do you want to give, <laughs> uh, or do you want to give the young players sure, no, sure, I, think he, I think he's gonna play the team. I think he'll play the team. I think he. I think you need a little bit of confidence going into going into um, the final. I don't think you can lose three games on a bounce. To be honest with you, because um, that leaves that leaves us susceptible to finishing third. I think. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's gonna play the boys play the boys and go for a, a good result against Fulham and then maybe rest one or two going into Wolves because then we play Sunday and then Wednesday so I yeah. think these two dead robbers it's these two, by the way. yeah it's, it's it's ridiculous but because it's a dead robber he can do what he wants with that fixture to be honest with you he can do and he could do what he did with Leicester to be honest with you, and play no one if he really wants to because I, I believe Villarreal have been granted um, Saturday early kick-off. Yeah. so what so what they've done because they're playing in the Europa League La Liga moved the whole fixture list for them because because you know it's the last day everyone has to play at, at the same time they yeah. just said yeah everyone plays on Saturday and said but you know the yeah. Premier League are never going to do that yeah they're never going to do that man Sunday Sunday is the fixed state but for, mm. for us we're not playing for nothing so Oli has Oli has options he, he has the option to be able to rest players keep match rhythm going in their legs as well so it's, it's up to him really but I think first Fulham we're going to we'll see We'll see the main characters out on the pitch because we kind of need a result. The fans need a result. We don't want to be going into um, the last game of the season and into a final on the back of um, three defeats. Mm. And then you sort of start getting the negativity coming into not only the fans, but the players. The manager's going to have to be answering questions. So I think he's going he's gonna to go for a big result against Fulham. We'll see all the big lads and then um, the big yeah. hitters, should I say. And then first Wolves, you maybe see one or two rest, one or two rested Maybe not Rashford because Rashford seems to be the donkey he rides to Bethlehem. So just every game he plays. But yeah, um, I think Fulham will see a full full time squad. Yeah, well, cool. All right, what about you? What about you, uh, Elijah? Do you more just agree with Rodney there? Basically, usual suspects, basically. Um, I think he will play a decent team versus Fulham. I believe Marshall's prop might be in with a shout of starting which would be good because it would give Cavani and Greenwood a rest mm. um, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, <laughs> ah, man life is so harsh to us look at what we were saying about man in the end of the season now we're saying maybe you can just give Cavani a rest oh, no 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 bro bro, 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 bro. <laughs> At the end of the day, this is his fault. <laughs> I can't lie. This is fault. I don't it care. Is this fault. Is... It is his fault. This it is, is fault. fault. It's just funny what we're, what we're now saying a season later. Like, it's just so crazy what he's yeah, done trust to me. us. He's yeah, yeah. Hurt me, man. He's like, I feel like my girlfriend's cheated on me. I feel, I feel like <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Really the irony. The irony. Do you know what? Like, it's a proper letdown 
but players have had bad seasons before. But it's the fact of the matter is he's not going to get that chance again. He's actually not. He's, like it's yeah, actually been it's actually been, it's actually been cut and dry. Like it's actually yeah. been cut and dry. Like he won't unless he does a madness next season. He is not going to get a chance That's again. That's his seventh he, season, man. That's his seventh season. Yeah, he's United, been, man. and he's a he's a big boy now, man. He's going to be oh, twenty six like, in December. Seasons where you can. Provide context and say, all right, that's a write-off. Like under Mourinho, like obviously, he still came as a young man, and then he's he's gone through that change, that transition where you change from left to a striker, and obviously shoehorn back to the left. So there's a few things that you can say, but it's still seven seasons at United, and to be honest with you, it's not been great, a great seven years. It's not been at all. It's not been at all, but let's let's go to some listeners' questions. Hopefully, there's some positivity in some of these questions. Um, first one from Uncle Jerome Jordan Dixon, 4071. After the buffoonery scene on Thursday, is it time to fast track and build around Mason as a franchise player next season? His ability to figure out what's around him, choose the best option, and execute is far better and faster than the senior players in all areas of the pitch. So, Elijah, what do you think about that? Sort of build around Mason, or do you think continue with whatever we're doing right now? I mean, I'll be more than happy. I've been saying that, like, even me, I've said it's either Marshall makes it so that we have to choose where where we have to we have to change system where we play Marshall Greenwood up top, or Greenwood's going to take take his spot. I've been saying that since what since the start of last season. So, me for me, Green. For me, Greenwood is the future number nine, and like he's been earmarked for that spot for me since I've seen him. Um, so, if it was me, I'm building around Greenwood. I would have been building around Greenwood for a very long time now. But um, yeah, um, I don't think it's going to happen because I feel like with United, the, the pressure that there is, they would rather coddle him and act like having him out wide. Or I mean. Having him out wide is a lesson, but I mean, when you don't have that many options up front, I mean, I'll, I'll just give it to him. But I feel like we, too many times, this there's this thing done where these strikers are played out of positions and then they don't get defined. And then you see with these strikers that because they can't play outside of their position, you see that they are very good in their role. So like Lukaku. He he wasn't able to be moved around because of his frame and the way and because obviously he was black. Like they put and said, you know what, target man, you're playing up top and you're gonna play through through the middle. Haaland, it's too he's too tall to play out wide and stuff like that. Play through the middle. Like with these players like Cavani, like I, I don't even think Cavani was played out wide even at Palermo. Like he was played through the middle because of his stature and what he is. So and then and then you see you learn at a young age how to be a striker. And those growing pains that you that you that, that that you see a lot now with these strikers, where their movement isn't sharp in and around the box, or they're coming too deep, and and they don't know when to come deep, is that you see that by the time that these men have played striker for like years, by the time they're like 25, 26, they've perfected it. Now, nowadays, you're seeing strikers get to like 26, 27, they still look like these floaters, and like we basically lost uh, the. the uh, uh, like the, the proper the proper striker now because yeah. they've tried to centralize and like a whole generation of strikers. So right? yeah, yeah. So like like it's like even now people love Harlan because he, he he's a bagsman. 
And he's a throwback almost. The reason why he's the bags, man, is because he can't play anywhere else. That guy is not like that guy, his feet can't move enough to be out wide. So he has to play as a striker. So for me, I would continue to play Greenwood up top. That was a very long way, way of saying it though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rodney, you, you more the same? Mm, quite simply. Go with him. Just go with him. <laughs> so no no Haaland, no Kane. Let's dead all that talk. Are we saying let's drop oh, that man, talk? You know, you know what it is? We've got uh, the options are not great, but there's options there. You've got Greenwood, you've got Cavani, you've got Rashford, you've got Martial. There's several options there. They're all interchangeable. So I think with what we need elsewhere in our squad, I'm all for building around Greenwood and then spreading the money elsewhere. Boom. That that answers a few other questions. Because uh, obviously, I'm sure our listeners, they've heard the news about Kane. So got a few questions from Vicinity and X1PO online that I'm just going to skip because we've kind of answered them already. Um, someone, David, uh, your Veli's asked, is it concerning that Maguire is the only CB on the books who looks comfortable at left centre-back? Lindelof looked uncomfortable there. Should be prioritised the defender who plays there. Brackets, Pal Torres over Varane. So, Rodney, because you kind of... It's, it's a weird one. Is he saying, do we need to sign a starter at left centre-back? Because Varane would definitely be that. Or is he saying we need a backup for Maguire at left centre-back? He's saying that... Uh, me, personally, I don't know because it's strange because Lindelof and Maguire, before they came to United, they played left centre-back. So... I mean, we read the question. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he said, is it concerning that Maguire is the only centre back on the books who is comfortable at playing left centre back? Lindelof looks uncomfortable there. Should we prioritise a defender who plays there? Brackets, Paul Torres over Avaran. Um, well, if they're going to partner Maguire, then they're not really going to play left centre back, are they? I, I, I mean, apparently, so last summer, apparently the plan was we're looking at a left centre-back because we want to move Maguire to right centre-back. Okay, okay, then, yeah, why not? Why not? I thought um, that was Maguire's bona fide position. That's what he likes to play. Where did he play for Leicester right. and Hall? He played left centre-back. Yeah, even, he did. yeah, Even for England, he played, he, like, for free, he played left centre-back. This whole thing know. is... This, 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 this whole thing is just, I mean, even getting Pau Torres, I mean, to me... I, I watched him for Villarreal. He looks like he looks like another one of those Lindelof types. Where I'm like, I'm 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 concerned about you physically coping in the league. He's not he's not the quickest. He's good on the ball. He's re- he's actually really good on the ball. Um, but bro, I think yeah, like you said, Bay is the prototype. We need to sort of we see, need to sort of sign. I I don't really know how to answer the question because for me, I don't want to see Maguire go over to the right. I think where he's been performing on the left, keep him where he is. But if he moves over to the right, then why not prioritise the left centre-back? But if not, then obviously we need a right centre-back. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. The, the good thing about Maguire moving over to the right is that I feel like if you get someone athletic on the left, he'll be kind of protected with wan and the uh, athletic left centre-back there. So, we, I, yeah. so, so crazy might... that we have to do that for him. I mean, we, we spent... Yeah, so crazy, so crazy. And people and people fucking bred him, but it's cool, man. It's so crazy that we have to throw a right back who's athletic and who can um do their thing, and then we've got to throw someone at centre back who can also we'll probably even need a keeper who's who's athletic, yeah. And we need a DM who (laughs) can can protect him as well. But it's whatever, man. Yeah, Yeah, that's what you do. That's what you do with your investments, you protect your investments, baby. Warren Buffett. (laughs) 
to tell you that by the dip. As yeah, I was saying uh, earlier, yeah, that yeah, may Michael, have to be the podcast name. By the Michael, dip, you you have definitely been on Dogecoin too much. To, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know no crypto for me. That is a war zone. Jeez, <laughs> I don't know how you people do that. War zone, no yeah, fundamentals, I mean, just vibes. Nah, I've never cause, done that shit, man. <laughs> nah, because we we at Muga advise you to seek financial advice before any investments. Yeah, seek not... it from um. <laughs> 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 Seek it from a Didissi, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Disu no makes check out the podcast, man. Check out the yeah. podcast every time. Last question from that guy Bells. Uh who brings United closer to a Prem title, Kane or Sancho? And who would be more problematic for us if that aim is signed by a rival? So basically saying that who would bring us closer to a title, Kane or Sancho? And who, if they signed for a rival, would probably propel them closer to a title? I think. Sancho brings us closer to the title and mm. I think Kane would be the more problematic signing if he goes to either Chelsea, Liverpool or City. And mm. It's so weird to say because at the end of the day wouldn't it be it's weird because in a sense it would be more problematic if Kane went elsewhere but we need Sancho more. Yeah, it's, it's, mm. it makes it makes no sense, but I feel like at the end of the day, goals win you games, and like even we've seen with Bruno, disgusting style of play, his goals have brought brought us closer to where we will want to be. So more goals adding on top of that, like goals aren't gonna lose you anything at the end of the day, but it 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 is just ah. Uh, uh, it's, it's it's so hard to say because at the end of the day we need a right winger and we've needed one for a long time and that will be that will that that completes a side that is incomplete right now. Whereas, I think it brings a lot of balance, whereas Kane still yeah. gives us an imbalance. It gives us an imbalance, mm. but is it is it an imbalance that is like that is offset by Kane or is it something that even with mm. Kane that it, it won't? No, I don't think he can offset the balance really. To be honest with you. I feel Not like even when I watch him play, I feel like he sort of he sort of drifts to that left as well when he drops deep. He, he does drop to deep. Pick up the yeah. ball. He likes to pick up the ball on that left deep. So again, it's lopsided. Mm. For me, I think the right wing brings it brings us to another level in the sense that you can't you can't double up on Rashford, and if you do, you bless Sancho, who's also a very very good wide player. So um, mm. yeah, I think it, and then you got Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who also doesn't have to have so much of the ball going forward. It just means that teams don't focus on one area of the pitch, and obviously, then you have got Pogba, who doesn't have to play at left. Um, doesn't have to be wing bar. Yeah, he doesn't have to be wing bar, and he can find players left or right. I think the right wing transforms us to a point where a striker really doesn't. I think a striker probably adds, like Kane, he probably adds more goals. He probably gets us closer, but. Does he really transform the issues we currently have in the team and have had since we didn't have a right winger? I'm not so sure. I'm going to say Sancho because I think if he can still bring 15, 15, so that's 15 goals, 15 assists next season, that's still a lot of goals and it's a lot of creativity on the right-hand side. Even if he doesn't get those assists, his creativeness on the right-hand side or in his play sort of brings us to another level. And I think that also means Rashford can go up a level because he doesn't have to worry about two, three, four players. 
marking him. So I think right wing definitely, definitely for us elevates us to a different level, a lot closer than just bringing in a striker for me. Yeah, but that, that's that's what football's about. It's about the team, and uh, we're looking at the deficiencies in our team. And clearly, and I have to agree, right wing is more of an, a problem area than up front is for us. We score goals, so we scored a decent amount. Obviously. It's kind of skewed by the 15 goals we scored in two games, but yeah. we scored a lot of goals this season. And I don't yeah. think that is our problem. We know how to pull the ball in the net. The problem yeah. more time is keeping it out, which um, which we hope to sort of rectify a bit if we can buy a defensive midfielder. We but need that I'm... DM, bro. I'm on my knees, bro. Yeah. I'm on my knees. Well, it's um, not looking great, man. I, I don't see every summer. I don't see much. I never see much. I, I don't way. get it. I uh, don't get it. Bro, I don't, I, get I don't it. understand. Even like a CM who can just because you don't like a DM. Okay, cool. But you can operate with two really good CMs in um bro. in that pivot. But we don't even get mentioned with that. Like, there's just no hope. We've got nothing. There's nothing there. I'll be bro, honest with you. I, I can't don't think believe they talk it. About it. I don't think in their meetings they even talk about it. They just say, "Yeah, we got no, Fred McTominay." And then no. they're looking at maybe putting Garner there as well. The so thing is, I, he's I another one. Uh, the thing is, yeah, fine. But pinning your hopes on God, bro, come on, come on. Please, yeah, please. but this is this is what, this is the story of um centre-mid, defensive-mid, the pivot. This is the story we've been living, man. We're just signing the wrong profile. We're just It's just mad. And then, like, you know, you're coming on post to try and make bloody sense of it. And then you look like idiots with no knowing full well people like Swansteiger, Snyderlin, um, Matic and Fred. They, they they weren't really signed. I didn't really know much about Fred, to be honest with you. But they weren't really signings that you thought, oof, this is going to... Snyderlin, I thought maybe that brought us the closest. But he mm. was just... Uh, yeah, he, yeah, so he just was, he, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he looked good at Southampton, but yeah, he just he came to. United I thought he was the player that would have brought us closest to what we need. To be honest with you, whether I was wrong or right, because I didn't really watch Southampton a lot, but from the games that I watched, I felt that he could have brought something to what we need, or the closest to what we needed. But he he didn't. Obviously, we signed for Laney as well. Oh man, that guy's not. Show, that guy's man. not. That guy's that guy's it's not been, man. It's just been a horror show. <laughs> And like oh, when you oh. look at when you look back on who we signed in those positions and how we've tried to cover it, it's just bit we spent a lot of money tiptoeing around what we actually need, and we've let a lot of players go to other clubs that would have suited what we needed. It's just really mm. bad, and I I don't know, man. I don't I don't really see Oli looking too much in that position. I think he's going to look more at soaring up the defence, putting someone against um, alongside Maguire. He probably knows he needs someone a bit more um, athletic and a bit more stronger than Lindelof and then maybe adding goals somewhere on the right or up front. I think that's his basic view of it. I don't really think he's looking at um, what a defensive midfielder can bring technically or structurally to the game because he doesn't really focus on that too much. So, yeah, it's not this great. Time will tell because we can, we can bang on about this uh for for hours i know I, i've got i've got a lot to say but we'll save it for another time we just want to mm. thank our listeners for tuning in to our upper episode you, of muga and we you know we've got a game against fulham tomorrow man so let's let's see what the team can do hopefully it's oh. three points and we can look forward to the europa league final on the 26th of may but till then take it easy people thank you for listening peace 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 Rashford, he's in here, he scores! Marcus Rashford!
takes yet another step up the ladder. Thank you. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Sports Social Podcast Network.